0: Okay, so hello, everybody, welcome uh, to episode five of the Keep It Simple podcast. This is a big one. So people wouldn't really know this, but when it comes to uh, Apple iPod stuff, when it comes to um, different algorithms you have to have a fifth episode to be deemed legit. And so I cannot think of any person uh, to make us legit uh, any more than Charity Lucas. Uh, Charity Lucas is what seems like a lifelong um, friend, certainly my entire adult life. Um, from way back before I ever even started um, serving students. and in that in that lane of ministry, Cherry and I were friends. And she has been um an aunt to my boys uh, literally uh for the entirety of their lives. Um she has been a sister uh, and a friend a confidant um just so many roles in my life uh co-worker co-laborer and um our relationship is, is very special uh to me and just in general I believe and so Cilu, uh welcome uh, to the Simplify podcast, the Keep It Simple podcast. Um, I'm thankful you're number five.
1: Thanks for having me. No pressure.
0: Yeah, no <laughs>
1: pressure. So I didn't know all that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So kind of just at the intro, it's something that I ask everybody because I'm interviewing people from different walks of life and all these backgrounds. Some of you know each other. A lot of you don't. Um, if you'll just kind of catch people up on us how do we know each other what are the dynamics of our relationship and kind of what we've been through together I think that'd
2: be a great place to start Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I think we probably met when I was still working at the preschool at First Methodist yeah um, doing the mother's morning out there and then I moved into uh, role at another preschool where your children were going. Yeah. And that's really where we connected. There was some stuff that had happened. I don't even know how we even started talking about stuff that, were, that was going on at the church. I really don't even know how that came about.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I would say during that time is when our friendship definitely started. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved your boys for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, we always connected because we're super, super similar yeah Um, i just like in a lot of ways we view things the same and we're very very similar
2: yeah
1: uh so i think we just always kind of be it's like once we were kind of in the same space it was almost not destiny but like we were going to be friends we were going to be close we were going to be family that's just what it was going to be
0: and usually with people who are hardwired so much alike it's either magnetic or repulsive right so i know other (laughs) people who are (laughs) hardwired like me and it's hard to be in the same room. Uh, yes. And yes. I, know people I agree. Who are hardwired like me. And it's just like, whew. and, and oh, yeah. so, but weren't you helping Charlie Judd? Didn't you help see Judd with like some mm-hmm. youth work? And
1: yeah, I helped him with some youth work, um, chaperoning. Cause you know, if you've got a guy, then you need a lady. If yeah. you got a lady, you need a guy yeah. to kind of help out. Um, so I did that for a while. So I was always kind of around. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of knew each other. Really, the only thing I knew that you were a rodeo clown. That was the first thing I ever <laughs> found out about you. Yeah, and I was like, the church. The church hired a rodeo ca- clown.
0: Yeah, what a strange <laughs> guy. Yeah. So, um, oh, okay. so, but then from there, so through um, those relationships, you ended up in student ministry. Which, yeah. um, let's just kind of talk about that. You know, I shared with you right before we came on. And this is not by design. I'm not strategic or smart enough to set this up, but you're the fifth interview. And of five interviews that we've had now, five episodes, three of the five have stepped away from vocational ministry or ministry, Mm -hmm. formal ministry within the context of the local church and are now Mm -hmm. doing different ministries, creative ministries, Um, and more of, I guess what you would call a secular setting, but ministries, ministry. Um, let's talk just a little bit about like your experience, your history in the context of vocational ministry and then Mm -hmm. kind of the season of life and and what was happening in you as you began to feel the Lord lead you out of that. Uh, Can we talk Mm -hmm. about that a little
1: yeah uh, so both of my parents are ministers and so vocational ministry is definitely not something that i would have ever ever chosen to be into both of my parents have always had some type of secular job um my dad worked the entire time he was pastoring churches same thing with my mom when she's preaching she's always all you know had a nine to five kind of job Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely not something i ever thought that i would be doing I uh, really wouldn't have been in any type of youth ministry specifically if it wasn't for you and the work that I did with Space Between.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I still don't even know how I got connected with that. That's still just kind of like, uh, Ben's like, hey, we're doing this thing on Thursday night. I think you should be a part of it. I showed up and just got kind of plugged in and then a few years later after doing some other type of ministry work where i was running a soup kitchen and running a food pantry then i got into youth ministry Mm -hmm. um so working in that full time and working at a church with six to 12th graders full time Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's definitely not something that i would say was like oh yeah this is really what i want to do yeah um i think i you once you are around people that are doing something that you're passionate about and you want to be a part of what's happening Mm -hmm. with the work that God is doing. Mm -hmm. um, Then opportunities arise for you to kind of get into those roles. Yeah, And I think that's kind of what happened with me.
0: Yeah. And so for people who are listening that are not familiar, you know, a a pretty large uh, population of our following is our people from central Georgia. But what's been interesting Mm -hmm. is as we started to introduce these other personalities and bringing all of our friends and Mm -hmm. connections in We're we're picking up new, new folks that aren't from middle Georgia, which for me is Mm -hmm. uh, really exciting, you know, and, and encouraging. But so for those of you who are not from that area, uh, the space between was a combined group to college and career age, young people, uh, 18 to 26, which the 26 was, kind of smooth higher and higher 27 28 29 um it's a ministry that at the beginning four local churches kind of poured into i think at our peak we had uh seven local churches that were that were that we had connection with through Mm -hmm. these relationships and um man those were good years they were hard years but when that ministry was was in those seasons of health, it was a beautiful snapshot of of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and and really, for my side of the tracks, that's when you, me, Brooke, um, you mm-hmm. know, there was Big Mike at first, and then Terry, and there were all mm-hmm. these kind of folks moving through that and that's where those relationships really were forged mm-hmm. um and the number of young adults young people who came through there that we're still in deep connection with you know that we still, still have connected sincere with sincere relationship with and just that authentic mm-hmm. community um mm-hmm. and and so those were good good years um mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm sure it was because we were doing things generated by the Holy Spirit, but maybe just maybe a part of it is because we named the ministry after a Dave Matthews song.
1: <laughs> you will always plug Dave Matthews. Uh, Dave, if you're listening, Ben is your biggest fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: he named a church group after yeah, you. Yeah, literally a ministry.
0: I'm not sure how Dave would feel about that, but so... uh so anyhow so we were forced together in that you were um mm-hmm. running a food pantry um mm-hmm. you were doing all you were really an mvp in a lot of ways because you wore multiple hats um you mm-hmm. know you you so what was the natural progression of that were you food bank at trinity before? or were you food bank at one church before another i don't remember that
1: so, when I first got connected with Space Between, I was actually still working at the pharmacy. Okay. I was still a pharmacy CVS, at that time. CVS, that's so right. I, yes. I had forgotten that. So, I would, yeah, I would go to work and I told them they could not schedule me for Thursdays yeah. because sometimes I would have to work in the evenings. But I, you can't schedule me for Thursdays. I'd rather work on a weekend and on a Saturday wow. because I have something to do on Thursdays. Wow. Um, and so, for a while, I still worked at CVS while doing that um and then eventually i was working with rob bailey doing t-shirt stuff with that's him right. and then that's when i moved into soup mm-hmm. moved into working at the soup ki- kitchen and food pantry they had volunteers working in that position and had for like 10 or 15 years like they'd had volunteers forever it had never been a full-time paid position and, that and was was the food Yeah. mm -hmm. And so they combined those two volunteer roles because they wanted someone to be able to focus on doing that and focus on that type of outreach. The real cool thing about that is I worked with a pastor who allowed me to have freedom to change things, um, to try new things, to hold new events. Um, like we had a huge Thanksgiving. We had a massive back to school event that got a little out of control because we weren't expecting that many people to come. But we had people giving out haircuts. We gave out um, school supplies. We did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And he was very, very great. Craig was always great about like, hey, I've got this new idea of how we can serve mm-hmm. people. Can we try mm-hmm. it? And he would always be like, okay, let's do it. Um, and so I had the backing of that church and m- most importantly of that that leader, that pastor, mm-hmm. To say, okay, let's let's see how we can serve people in a different way, but in a meaningful way at the same time. You're not just doing crazy stuff just to gosh, do that that's good. But giving people yeah. the
0: space to exercise their gifts.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He was he. I mean, like he was very, very good mm-hmm. at that. And I wasn't there super long, but I still carry that type of mindset, that energy. Like now, I'm in a leadership role. I'm okay if my people are like, hey, is this something that we can try? Mm-hmm. Is this something that we can do? Like think about the logistics of it and then let's let's try to make it work. Because if you do it one time and it doesn't work, you don't have to do it mm-hmm. again. But if it does work, like let's do it again and, yeah. again, and again and again. So that creative yeah.
0: ministry, how much so, I don't know if you saw or listened to it, but last week we interviewed Gabe Bear, mm-hmm. And okay. um, yeah. so Gabe was on, it was amazing. It was such a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Great to catch up with Gabe. and. And um, mm-hmm. but but that ministry then M twenty five so our college and career yes. age group the space between we started venturing mm-hmm. to Atlanta to serve at M twenty five and through that then this because you are one of the things that I love most about you is you are creative but in your creating you mm-hmm. glorify the Creator.
1: Oh, okay. And so that's
0: a lot of creative, creation, you. you know, but there are creative people who create just as an outlet or as a whatever. Yeah. But what I love about you is that whether it's, you know, from drumming and all of the instruments and the painting and the, all of the stuff, all the things, mm-hmm. um, there's this constant, consistent thread of pointing people Mm -hmm. to Jesus somehow in and through that. Mm -hmm. And so my observation was we went to M25, all of us, you know, the Lord used those experiences to do something in us. Um, But coming Mm -hmm. back from there, I don't know, you can talk into that. Did it unlock like this creativity and do a non-traditional ministry and how do we do that?
1: Mm -hmm. Of a hundred percent going to M twenty five, building those relationships with them and their team that we still have those same relationships now. We still catch up, we follow them, see how their kids are doing, you know, like okay, oh, Gabe's having another kid, you know, like let's pray (laughs) um for the delivery and all of that kind of stuff. But being able to see that you can serve people right where they are, like they don't have to show up perfect or in a, a certain type of environment. Um, you can be under a bridge, you can be in a building, you can be in a church, you can be in an alleyway, and it doesn't matter. And then the way that you serve them doesn't have to look traditional. I mean, we took a weird communion one time. Um, I think it was like grape ice cream or something, yeah. and ice cream cones yeah, or something. Articles particles of um, waffle
0: cones and grape yes. ice cream. And I challenge, <laughs> hey, anybody that happens to listen to this and loves a good challenge, I challenge you to go mm-hmm. try to buy grape ice cream.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a fiasco. Not
0: but Not but <laughs> Great
2: ice
1: cream. Yeah. Ice cream. See if you can find um, it. But yeah, yeah, for me, it completely changed my life. It completely changed, you know, my thought process about what I could do with my time and as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, Long term, what does that look like mm-hmm. for me? And to be able to take that experience back, and it's it definitely plays into what I do now. Um, and it played into what I was doing before, um, kind of leading up into what I'm doing now. So it really was one of those moments where you're like, and I don't know that while it was happening, I knew that. Like I knew we were having fun because we did. Um, we had um, amazing moments of worship, which we uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. Um, you're getting to do kind of cool new stuff. Um, but I don't think in the moment I knew that it was gonna be so profound mm-hmm. for me, but it definitely was mm-hmm.
0: for sure, so coming back from that and then the mm-hmm. the natural progression into this you know through the space between leadership and then over to mm-hmm. Trinity and God placing you with mm-hmm. uh Craig, who is amazing
2: mm-hmm. um
0: and giving amazing. you the permission and the space to exercise your gifts in creative and unusual mm-hmm. ways um yeah what a blessing and so all this is working to where you are now but so from trinity then Mm what
1: um so then I took a full-time position as a youth minister at Bonaire um and so I was working with kids from sixth grade to 12th grade and it was a church that I had already been connected with my former college campus minister had been a pastor there before i helped out with youth stuff years yeah. before uh, so definitely new people there was already connected there so it wasn't like a weird transition kind of yeah. thing for mm-hmm. me it wasn't like i had to go in and kind of prove myself or even have to really introduce myself a lot because i did already have previous relationships <laughs> with
0: people which is one of your strong suits you know as long for as long as i've known you And not just in a superficial way. You've had connections at Mm -hmm. so many ministries, um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which is a gift. Um, So uh, let's talk about, we talked about how uh, unintentionally three or five people in Mm -hmm. our interviews so far have transitioned out of uh, formal vocational ministry. What, Mm -hmm. What was that like? Like what the season leading into that? Uh, the season that you had to wrestle through that what did that feel like what was the experience Mm -hmm. like stepping away from vocational ministry
1: uh yes so i was working at a church doing youth ministry the pandemic hit so then we were everybody was home so then you're trying to figure out you know how do you do church when you can't meet in a building especially when that's all you've yeah. ever done and people church people i don't know if people know this but church people don't take very kindly to change hey, um, or newness <laughs> or um different yeah. um and so you're kind of you're dealing with you know you've got people that are literally dying you know we're attending funerals of people that have died but then you have also people that are like arguing and yelling about stuff Um, so then we go back into the church it looks different Um, we were holding way more services because you're trying to accommodate people and space people out but still be you know congregating together which is an important part of who we are as the body and trying to navigate so how do I do youth ministry going forward what does that look like and in a lot of ways you're not going to get everybody back I think I don't know any churches that didn't experience when people left left from meeting on sunday mornings people didn't know how to come back or even to continue meeting where doing whatever they were doing before it was in a way kind of like people just kind of gave up um but i continued to work um meet with my kids and because of some things that i posted on social media um i had people reach out to my pastor they were very upset about some things that i said about my experiences as a black woman Mm -hmm. in america um, uh, we've had conversations oh, yeah. about that. We have, you know, really long, really hard conversations. um, and a lot of people just weren't ready mm-hmm. for that. um, and so my church got complaints about some things that I had said. and I still I mean, I didn't take it down, um, and I wasn't being yeah. ugly or anything like that. but f- for me, the reality is is I have a niece and a lot of nephews that this is the world mm-hmm. they're living in. so, For me to speak my truth and say like, yes, racism is still real, Um, especially in this predominantly white church. It made people very uncomfortable. There are people that are still very uncomfortable Mm. um, and that were very much wanting something to be done. Basically me not to be voicing
2: what I was voicing at the
1: time um which anybody who knows me knows that's not really how i'm wired um i'm not i'm not gonna say something just to stir the pot but i also like if you're asking me or if you want to know about what what's actually going on this is what Mm -hmm. i'm going to say and you reached out to me and some other people and we sat down and you got to ask really candid questions and we were able to answer in a very Mm -hmm. candid way and those are the conversations that should have been happening at my church because there was an opportunity. I was the only black person, maybe the only person of color on, on our Mm -hmm. staff and those conversations weren't Mm -hmm. happening. Um, and there was definitely a lot of pushback. So when I finally did decide I don't need to be in this space anymore, it wasn't a Mm quick decision. Um, it was a very difficult decision because I had previous relationships with those people, deep relationships, very deep a lot of people you know like i've seen their kids grow up from children to mm-hmm. now adults and have been a part of that and now i can't talk about what it means to be a black woman in america because it makes you very uncomfortable in the bible mm-hmm. belt south um and so leaving definitely wasn't like this easy mm-hmm. thing um sometimes it's mm-hmm. still not easy because you I do still have ties to people that are connected and to that still
0: church. have some solid um, relationship. I mean, there's, I mean, there's 100%. still some really deep, strong relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the good thing is, is I had people when I did speak up that yeah. reached out to me who yeah. wanted to have conversations. Like I had lunches yeah. and coffee meetups and long phone calls, zoom and calls, zoom calls know, with yeah. people. Yes. Yeah yeah like just to say like first of all how are you um because it it's a it can be frightening to feel like there's a target on your back for things you don't have control over um but then also like Mm -hmm. what can i do which was i feel like a different type of step for Mm -hmm. a lot of people but i had a lot of people that did reach out that i did you know i was able to have those Mm -hmm. conversations with Um, which I think is the only way that troop change is going to happen if you're willing to have that. Yeah. And that,
0: you know, in that Um. time, gosh, there was so much tension. I mean, Mm -hmm. you had the COVID Mm -hmm. thing and then the whole race Mm -hmm. thing just sparked. And Mm -hmm. um, my experience with you and, and Will Cooper as well, I love me some Will Cooper. Mr. Cooper Mm -hmm. is my man, but (laughs) was grace was, was gracious was grace Mm -hmm. and um i'm a firm believer that when honest open communication breaks down relationships break down and and so Mm -hmm. whether they are uncomfortable conversations um Mm -hmm. honest open communication has to stay open
2: it still um, has to for be there present. to be
0: yeah. authentic relationship which is what we're about we're about building an mm-hmm. authentic community right mm-hmm. and so um yeah so thank you thank you uh Will if you happen to listen to mm-hmm. this thank you um uh <laughs> you just better. for the patience <laughs> and 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 not 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 judging me um and and mm-hmm. giving me space and time to ask some of those questions and to learn um thank you Mm -hmm. so it was apparent then that you had to make a move so then what what
2: next
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i after a sunday morning a sermon i heard that i was like i just i can't be here anymore and that had gone i mean it was a process it wasn't a quick thing but that was kind of the catalyst um and That Monday I turned in my like resignation letter. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything lined up. Um, I told Drew, I was like, this is what I'm doing. And he's like, okay, I support you. Um, So worked a few kind of odd jobs really to just get through the summer, pay my bills. Um, Definitely saw God in the response of a lot of people that, helped me out like my landlord when i told her what had happened was like okay you don't need to pay wow. rent this month wow literally yeah um and then another friend of mine cheryl ware was like god told me to give you some money and it was literally the exact wow. amount for my rent the exact amount yeah. like down to the penny i love
0: it, David um and, and just stuff
1: like that um yeah yes yeah, they're amazing But being able to have people that, you know, my family had my back at the time. He was my boyfriend. He had my back. And it wasn't an easy decision. Like, I still had to eat. I still had to live somewhere. I still had to pay utilities. But God provided during that entire time, really and truly, um, which allowed me to then be able to apply for the job that I have now. The crazy thing is, is that job did not exist when I quit. My, my job at yeah. the church um so i did work for a few months until s- they had some structural stuff that was going on and that didn't even exist yeah. until later so god was definitely throughout all of that it was definitely hard um and i felt supported mm-hmm. through the hardness i felt supported through the parts that were very very difficult by sure. authentic
0: community i mean by by people that you know well and and love well and there's that kind of two lane road where you know um so often people are either really good at giving or really good at taking and in the healthiest relationships people learn to be good at both the giving and the taking and that's that's that two lane traffic, you know, the giving and the taking, And those are the mm-hmm. relationships when I find myself in them, I double down or triple down. Um,
2: mm-hmm. And
0: uh, OK, mm-hmm. so uh, so your current job, where do you work?
1: I work at Brookdale yes, you Resource do. Center yes, you <laughs> in do. Macon, Georgia. All right,
0: so this is going to be the meet. Yeah. if Y'all are listening, watching if you haven't unplugged um the meat of our conversation and really what I'm super super excited about is for you all to learn about the Brookdale Resource Center. Um so exactly what what is the Brookdale Resource Center?
1: So Brookdale is a homeless shelter and we serve men, women and families with children experiencing homelessness. That's like the short like a bridge version of what we do.
0: Yeah, that's the elevator speech. The the, the 22nd elevator <laughs> yes. seat
1: um
0: so yeah so what is the building what tell us ab- about the building it-
1: okay so brookdale is an old elementary school which was brookdale elementary um in december of 2022, guys that were experiencing homelessness froze to death um in the city and at the time they had elected a new mayor but he hadn't been, you know, he wasn't in office yet. He would be- get in office in that January. Um, but him and a bunch of other city agencies and honestly people that were already doing work, working with people with the homeless, a lot of different agencies pitched in to get Brookdale open. At the time, it was just the Brookdale Warming Center, which people still call it that, just because that's what the name was yeah. when it first opened up. Um, and so it was just going to be temporary. It was going to get through March. Where in Georgia it's going to start getting warmer. So the risk of someone dying of hyperthermia or being out in the elements would be Mm -hmm. definitely be lower. But once Brookdale was opened, there was a need that was seen like, hey, we need more support in this city for people that are experiencing Mm -hmm. homelessness. And it's kind of morphed into more than it was initially for sure, Um, which is, it's a very much needed. And it is
0: M. Impressive. So, uh, before I guess before we moved, so that was or after maybe one of the first times I was home for a funeral or a wedding, I mm-hmm. can't remember. But it wasn't long after you had begun working mm-hmm. there that that mm-hmm. um, uh, you mm-hmm. invited me to come take a tour. And so you you walked yeah. me through and kind of you showed me what you had, but then you began to share with yeah. me kind of the vision and. You know, this is this, yeah. but it's going to be this, and this is that, but this is the plan. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just a few weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know whatever it was. Um, I was ho- I was in Georgia, mm-hmm. and you gave me a tour, and I was, I am not mm-hmm. easily impressed, um, ever <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't <laughs> like, I literally could not stop saying like, wow. Wow! Like I left there mm-hmm. still saying, "Wow!" You know. So let's talk about wow. what it was. Let's talk about what it is, and and kind of the yeah. morph. What happened in the middle? What's got up to there?
1: So, I started working in November. So you would have come home either Thanksgiving holidays and seen it, or probably in at Christmas time. I think. Um, so it was still very much a place where we're figuring out, like, what is this going to look like long term? How do we better serve our residents? Um, when Brookdale first opened, the support for it was overwhelming in the best way. So if they needed towels, everybody brought towels. If they needed pillows, everybody brought pillows. They needed clothing, everybody brought clothing. Um, so it was very much a, everyone brought things, but then how do you organize it in a way that can be accessible mm-hmm. to the people that you're serving? I think the first time you came, mm-hmm. we still had you cots. Um, so a bunch of old, um, like Salvation Army, Army kind of military surplus, cot yeah. looking things were, were, yes, that's what we, mm-hmm. people were sleeping on. They had taken all of the old classrooms and turned those into mm-hmm. sleeping places for people. Um, So they needed something to sleep on. So someone donated all of these cots, which were honestly a great thing because they were quick. You could get them in easily um, and they were immediately accessible Mm -hmm. to people to get on. Um, So when I first started working at Brookdale, it was definitely a lot of people trying to figure out okay what's the next step what do we do now and by the time i came on it was already under the umbrella of the united way so once it was decided that this is going to be a long-term thing they wanted to figure out okay so who's going to run it who's going to be in charge what does that look like logistically and so it came under the umbrella of the united way so technically i'm a united way employee as being i didn't know that i just
0: learned something
1: yes so yeah, so the United Way does tons of great work and they have been for years and years and years. So you yep. got the name recognition, you got infrastructure just simple stuff like um healthcare and mm-hmm. dental and vision and all of that type of stuff. You already have that stuff in place for the employees, but then you also are connected with so many different agencies and resources because gotcha. of United Way. Um So what started out as just being a temporary place to house people and, you know, we'll just house them and that's going to be kind of it. It's now a place where people can come and be connected with case managers that Mm -hmm. help them get ID, social security cards, birth certificates, re-register kids for school. We make sure they have school supplies. We make sure they have... um, uniforms in bibb county they have to wear uniforms Mm -hmm. if they're attending school we help people with jobs we help people with housing we try to do more than just having people sleep there which was the initial just goal which is a good goal just having a place warm is a good goal but trying to get people into a more stable Mm -hmm. situation um and so you could visually see that because you saw it very early on what it looked like um but that's just a manifestation of all the other stuff that we're doing like we're connected with more agencies we're able to get our people more help and one of our big things is we're not trying to replace people that are already doing great work so we work with people to someone else to get ids to get birth certificates to get social security cards Mm -hmm. to sign people up for medical benefits a lot of our residents haven't seen a doctor in years um, we're connected with the school system and the hospitals, and we make sure people are getting mental health help because that's not something that we need to do. That's There's so already people good. that are doing that work. Yeah. So that's a big, big thing. Um, and we're constantly, like, I have, like, a list of other stuff that I want to yeah. eventually continue to add on. Like, I want... I want this to be in the center and I want this to be available to our residents. And then eventually we're gonna want to expand out where it's a community resource. So people could come to us Mm. to be able to receive services. Um, I could see a vision for what it could be. And so it's really cool to see some of that kind of, Mm -hmm. kind of playing out, but seeing it every day, a lot of times I forget until somebody like you comes in and goes, Oh man, this used to just store junk. Yeah. But now it's a functional yeah. space. I mean from from, <laughs> it makes a from big the difference. first
0: time I walked into the other day, it's 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 literally not the same. The world place. of difference. I mean it is, but it's not. I mean, every yeah everything that I saw, I mean, paint, yeah. floors, beds, uh, every everything. So mm-hmm. um how does it work? So so there are th- Three halls. The elementary school had the office, like the principal's office, and all the Mm -hmm. offices and the front desk or whatever, had a lunchroom, Mm -hmm. and then had three halls and a back Mm -hmm. hall and a gymnasium, right? that right? Yeah. So so talk Mm -hmm. us through, for people who are listening and interested, how does that work? What is what? How did you all transition these spaces Mm -hmm. into what they are? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about it being an old elementary school is, one, almost any town in America has an old school that's not being used. Even teeny tiny towns have that. Um, So you've got a main office that already has offices in there. So the director's in there, the manager's in there, our case managers are in there. You have a very clear entry point. So if you came to our center, it's very easy to tell where I need to enter, where I need to go in. That can direct you to getting help or volunteering or donating or whatever it is. So that's one really cool thing about it being a school is there's a central place and you can just see it from the outside. Um, And then we've taken all of the hallways to make those resident spaces. So if it used to be a classroom, someone's sleeping in that room now. And so we have a whole hall that's just men. We have a hall that has women on one side and families on the other. And then the last hall is just families. Yeah. So we try to use those spaces as best we can. We have a library, which is a really good size. So we use that for tons of different events and classes and financial literacy happens back there. We had a baby shower back there. Um, We did a Mother's Day brunch, a Father's Day fish fry back there. We have a garden now. So they hold gardening classes in our library. And then everyone that takes that class can walk right outside and actually be hands on like in the dirt in that garden. We have a cafeteria. So that's not a space we had to build out. Um, it already had a serving line, it already had tables, already had chairs in it. It has a kitchen that we've updated. We have a gym that now is an overnight shelter. But because it's a school, you got all of this space to actually be able to dream and think, okay, how can we reuse this space? So encouraging. To serve these yeah.
0: Patients. So there's. There's Um, a lot
1: in there, hold on,
0: because you just hit like three or four things that Mm -hmm. in my mind is like, (laughs) ping, 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 (laughs) ping, ping. So number one, (laughs) the importance of keeping. So you have men and then you have a hall, Mm -hmm. separate hall, women and families, and then a hall Mm -hmm. of just families. Yes. How many individuals per classroom or bedroom, I guess, sleeping room um and mm-hmm. you you shared this with me when i was mm-hmm. there and you realized that what y'all learned there was a tipping point as far as people per room talk, talk, a, talk me through that a little bit
1: space mm-hmm. so we can house up to six people per room so individual men or individual women and awesome. every family has their own room um which is really really good when people come into our facility you never know what they've been dealing with, what their prior living situation is, anything like that. So you're wanting to give them as much space as possible while still trying to serve as many people as possible. So it is definitely like a balancing act. You could put one person per room, but then that means you can only mm-hmm. serve you know, 10 people versus being mm-hmm. able to serve over 100 people. Um, so you're really trying to make sure that one, you're, you're taking care of as many people as possible while still giving people space to rejuvenate, to rest, to kind of get themselves together, Mm -hmm. to get into a better situation. What did you
0: experience when you went over six people per
1: room? Oh yeah. Fighting, arguing, um, just kind of a discontentedness Mm -hmm. because you're, it's Mm -hmm. strangers that are staying together. Um, I grew up, um, me and my friend Brooke were talking the other day about people Mm -hmm. who have shared a bedroom Mm -hmm. with siblings growing up um, and how that's different than being in a room alone. But then also like both Mm -hmm. of us, because of the size of our families, Mm -hmm. share beds. You know, like Mm -hmm. I slept in a bed with my cousin for years because that's that's the space that we had. Um, And so sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not good. Um, so we realized like there is definitely a sweet spot of the number of people you can have in a room so you have high enough numbers to be able to serve people as many people as possible but also you don't want to pack people into a space uh, where it makes it difficult mm-hmm. for hygiene issues or uh, social mm-hmm. issues or just rest and we have different people that work different schedules so it's going to be harder if there's 10 people in and, a room versus less people
0: in a room. So if a and that's mother the max or with children, if a family comes in, they get a mm-hmm. classroom, a bedroom, a room to themselves. Mm-hmm. And the door's locked, the mm-hmm. door's shut and locked. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. The door's shut. Um, they're usually not locked, but they can lock if we need to lock them. We usually try not to lock them just because of emergency stuff. You want people to be able to get and out talked about if there's the I want of to talk about
0: that a little more, but just staying kind of on... The front end of mm-hmm. things. So there's really two ministries, yeah. essentially, that are running underneath this one roof. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so in this front end ministry, so the you come in the front doors of what was the school, glass front doors, obvious entrance. You come mm-hmm. in, full time security guard, metal detector, yeah. walks you mm-hmm. through, make sure you're good, mm-hmm. directs you to the office, go in desk, Mm -hmm. receptionist, all of your people, Mm -hmm. Um, and then once you have access to the Mm -hmm. front hall in these three halls, men uh, mixed and then family, Mm -hmm. that is a program. What's the terms Mm -hmm. of the program? What are the expectations and requirements? How does that program actually work? Mm -hmm. It's not just a do drop in, you stay a night, get a good meal, and you're back on the streets.
1: Yeah yeah so our program is up to 90 days um we do give extensions if especially if people are on track for getting some type of housing or something like that and so the cool thing about what we do at brookdale what i like about it is they're working with case managers to help them so everything is a it's it goes by the individual so if you come in and you've got all of your you've got your id you got your birth certificate you got your social security card and You're ready to kind of say, okay, I'm ready to work, I'm able to work. We can start helping with that. Um, And we have computers and we have resources and we have relationships with certain um, like staffing agencies. Um, But let's say if you come in and you need some of those documents, our case managers help with that. Let's say if you already have an income, you know, maybe you're 65 and you're receiving Social Security. Maybe you just need to be able to stay in one place for a while to save some money and start looking at some senior housing. Our case managers help with that. Um, So that's the difference versus just staying there for a little bit um, and just sleeping there versus actually trying to see how Mm -hmm. can we help that individual Mm -hmm. move into a better position. And with families, it usually takes longer for sure because you're dealing with Mm -hmm. just more individuals in the family um but our case managers do really really great work to try to see okay what are you wanting what are you needing short term what are you mm-hmm. looking for a long term or what are you which looking is
0: for? a holistic approach right so you were sharing with me there's a, a medical yeah. Um, yeah team a medical bus yeah, a bus that that comes. comes and mm-hmm. one of the rooms you showed me i don't know what it originally was mm-hmm. but you've turned you all you all have turned that into an exam
1: mm-hmm. space a clinic Oh, yeah, the clinic. The it used to be a teacher's lounge. It was a teacher's lounge. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had to clean that space out. Yeah. So they can do triage or if they need to have private conversations, we have other spaces that they can do that. We have a recovery group that okay. comes in faithfully every week. Um, So if we have people that are in recovery, they can attend wow. those classes like on campus. We partner with Mercer a lot, which is a college in town. Um, They do a lot of our financial literacy, budgeting classes, stuff like that. Um, We've had parenting classes that another agency came in and and taught. We partner with one of the mental health places here, and they come in and do well-being classes and also just sessions that can be one-on-one, or they can also do family counseling, which is a huge thing, too. Um, so we part, like I could name 30 agencies and that still wouldn't be everybody that we partner with to get help for our, mm-hmm. because it, it is also different what you may need and what she mm-hmm. may need and what they may need may be different. And so we're trying as much as possible to say, okay, these are the resources that are available. Let's see. And not if trying we to help you out in this the wheel kind
0: of or do work on an island. I mean, it's literally like no. you do this. Yeah, yeah. How can work
1: together that's community Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah it is like there's a really great place downtown that helps mothers with children and they will help up until the child is three years old so they help with diapers with formula with classes with we they gave they donated car seats for when we had a baby shower you can't leave the hospital if you don't have a car seat for your child, they won't let you leave the hospital. So these women now had wow. really nice top-of-the-line car seats so that once they gave birth, they could leave the hospital in a safe way um, with their child. And so that agency, that's not something we could have done on our own, but they have those resources in place. So partnering wow. with them is the best thing. Which to is something to that sort of we saw team.
0: modeled by Gabe and by Beck. We, I got to get Beck owned. I have to get back on, but yes, but in those years that we Mm -hmm. were with (laughs) M25 and these different agencies, what we saw was, um, Mm -hmm. to serve people with excellence. Um, you know, it's not just kind of check a Mm -hmm. box, pat Mm -hmm. on the back. I feel better. It's, it's loving people, you know, that, that whole idea of don't just hand them a drink, hand them a drink with ice in it, you know, um, And so to do that with excellence and the the holistic approach, you saying that about top of the line car seats Mm -hmm. is what triggered that in my brain. It's not like you just put out the call Mm -hmm. and people went to their garages and dusted off old stuff. I mean, it's, it's serving Mm -hmm. people with excellence.
1: So. Oh yeah. It was a car seat. If my brother said, Hey, we're having another baby. I would buy for them yeah. to put my new nephew yeah. or niece in. I probably Like, that's what of it was. A dead like, very high. Um, they have, tend so, to have boys. So then, last <laughs> time when I was there,
0: I, the thing, there were so many things that floored me. Uh, two of the things showers, laundry. Let's, let's, oh, what mm-hmm. just happened?
1: Yes. What was that?
2: I don't know. Is that the thumbs up, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't
1: know. I
2: don't know. You putting your Maybe. thumbs
1: up did that. <laughs>
0: so the people who are listening to this on um <laughs> Spotify or if you're listening just to the audio, you'll think we've lost our minds and gone off the rail. But if you happen to watch this on YouTube, go to Minute 46 and check this out. It is it is uh that is creepy so
1: is it charity i don't think mine does it it's just you
0: all right so (laughs) back on track two things i'll try not to do any more thumbs up or hand gestures um what does this peace sign do anything oh peace sign gives balloons (laughs) charity
1: very random balloons okay okay back on <laughs> end and
0: end. so two things laundry showers talk talk me through that how did man
1: yes Ooh. um so it's an old school so you don't have like a locker room mm-hmm. full of showers so showers had to be built um we also, one of our things that we do, a policy that we have, is people can't bring in their own linens, blankets, pillows, towels. And at first people think, oh, that seems kind of rude. Um, but you never know someone's prior living situation. So when Brookdale mm-hmm. initially opened up, you could bring in anything. Um, but you run the risk Everything. of bugs, yeah. ticks, yeah. lice, mold, mildew. You, you just don't know. So we provide all that, which means we have to clean it um so for a long time we have one washer one dryer and mm-hmm. we ran it pretty much 24 hours a day killed it had to get another one had to get another one our last one because we knew the laundry area was going to get built um bluebird actually wow. donated to us a new washer and a new dryer wow yes um we have really really great corporate partners like tons of corporate partners um locally that help us out so so much if we say we have a need they always step up they always partner with us whether it's for a specific one-time item or if it's a continuing kind of thing or if it's even coming and helping us out with an event that we're having Um, they're really really phenomenal yeah like coca-cola partnered with us last year for our trunk or treat and they're doing it again this year and so they'll make sure our kids have costumes every kid will get a new costume so mm-hmm. we do have really really great partners that we work with but bluebird giving us that washer and dryer got mm-hmm. us through until our laundry room was open so now we have eight washers 10 dryers um 16 total showers mm-hmm. to be able to be able to serve our residents um because Brookdale, like I said, right. was only going to be temporary. But once you decide, okay, this is going to be long term, you got to reevaluate. Okay, what does that look like? How, how mm-hmm. do we make sure we have so then do you, you rotate
0: the showers? Like, is there an hour <laughs> really where it's nice. <laughs> men, an hour where it's women, an hour where it's families, or how mm-hmm. does that work as far as the safety?
1: Yeah. So each demographic has times that they can come back specific times that are posted around the center, but also in their rooms. So there's a time that just families are back in the showers, just men, just women, and we have an attendant back there also. Um, So the entire time that our showers are open, there is somebody back there. Um, but there's also three opportunities. So there's a morning, midday okay. and evening opportunity for every demographic. So trying to make sure we're offering different times for people mm-hmm. to be be able to find out so what their schedule
0: running. is. They're running. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, um, yeah. 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 And
0: then the laundry. Yeah. And there's always the somebody back have there? access to the laundry or is that only your employees?
2: okay
1: so only employees for right now eventually what we want to be able to do is have our residents us like them be able to get their laundry Mm -hmm. done like their personal laundry done um so we're trying Mm -hmm. to get big detergent donations so that we know we have so many months worth to be able to do that because we do have a lot of residents um right now it's just something that employees do but i always try to look ahead so what's the next step how can we more incorporated so if you're listening to this wherever this lands and
0: whoever you are if you would like Mm -hmm. um to step Mm -hmm. up and sponsor help with laundry detergent big tubs uh uh, email us hit us up and we will put you in touch so um so that's kind of one ministry that's the bulk of the ministry and that's pretty much uh four-fifths of the building but then there's the gym Um, which is it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's still Mm -hmm. brookdale but it's a Mm -hmm. it's almost its own ministry tell us tell us about that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so our gym is an overnight shelter and so people check out and check in in the afternoon and they leave every single morning to head out it runs similar to how the salvation army um salvation armies run in a lot of places (laughs) The thing about the overnight shelter is it's lower barrier, so you literally, if you just want to come in and sleep a night, and that's kind of all you're looking for, maybe you just want to get out of the elements or you just need a break or something like that, you have the availability to do so. The cool thing about opening up that shelter is we're now expanding the services that we are offering. Um, Because some people, they Mm -hmm. just need a few days, they don't need 90 days. They literally just need a few days. And then we do get people that transition from oh, our wow. overnight shelter into our 90-day program. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, we do get people that do that a lot. <laughs> but some people are like, hey, I just need a few days or maybe I only need 30 days. And then I'm good. I'm ready to go. Um, so it's, it's nice to be able to offer How many people another can you sleep thing in under gym? the same building. How
0: many beds do you have? 50 people and then did those folks have mm-hmm. access to all the other front end mm-hmm. stuff or do they have their own it's completely separate is that right showers restaurants.
1: yeah it is completely separate mm-hmm. uh, we do serve dinner yeah everything is separate back there um but like i said it's a lot of people you know they're leaving during the day so they a lot of people do go downtown and they access a place that a day yeah. shelter that provides showers that they yeah. can get their laundry done, so they can do different stuff. And most people have a task list that they're working on while they're gone during the day. So when they come back, they can update our staff gotcha. if there's something and that then, they're wanting to then, do. Kind of transition uh,
0: meals. Do they go up into the mm-hmm. cafeteria, or do you all take the food back?
1: Everything's brought back there, so they get dinner in right. the evening. They sleep there, and then there's completely. breakfast I mean, morning, every morning. Every morning,
0: mm-hmm
1: so 50
0: beds yeah, you got a separate there. entrance capacity yeah. how many can you accommodate in the front end 120 people
1: 120. so we could realistically house 170 wow. in a building a that
0: had been basically abandoned there's yeah. a closed down elementaries <laughs> uh, closed down elementary. abandoned school.
1: um yeah And so when they left, they took everything they were going to take to the new school and everything else was left there. So we had old worksheets, old books, um, stuff was still in classrooms. So you have to kind of sift through and say, okay, this stuff is not usable. Mm -hmm. This is junk. Hey, but we can use this table here or we can use this shelf or this works for what we can do. You're kind of reimagining stuff, but also sorting through like, a bunch of cables yeah. that probably don't even work anymore or you know, yeah. old technology what about that was the just less it outfitted. Um but but was using what you could and reusing as much as possible. Um it had some stuff, but there was yeah, it had some stuff, but some things we had to So you have a full-time chef. I want to
0: double back to the garden mm-hmm. because you know the the cleanliness and okay, orderliness. Yeah of the place was floored me. The showers floored me. Mm-hmm. um The washroom, the washers and dryers. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. The mm-hmm. gym really messed with my head because when I saw it before, mm-hmm. it was just full of just mm-hmm. unsorted donations. Full then crap. Like, oh crap! yeah. yeah <laughs> then let me show you this, and we walk outside.
1: Yeah.
0: And there is a. Gr-
1: yeah, because I sent you some yeah. pictures and videos like forever ago, but I'm like, you so got to see it in person. It's, it's different in person. And
0: adjacent to the playground, this big green space fenced, inside the fence is a garden. And I don't mean mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple rows of peas. Mm-hmm. It's, it is impressive. So all raised beds, have I got that right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So we have raised beds. I think there's nearly 50. And one of the local high schools, their ag class built those for us. They built them and then delivered them. Um, They built them, I want to say over spring break this past school year and delivered them. Um, We got tons of donations from a lot of different like nurseries and hardware stores around town to You know, outfit everything and make sure we would have stuff. And the,
2: the, Um, it's really, really
1: nice. The
0: coolest thing about that garden to me, this is so smart. Whoever, if it was you, whoever had this idea is Mm -hmm. borderline genius. So you all partnered with the University of Georgia School of Agriculture or the the Extension Extension Office. Mm -hmm. The UGA, Extension Office, yeah. UGA students?
1: Mm hmm. Um, no, we have employees. Um, we have an employee that is an employee okay. with the city, like through Making Bib, um, okay. who works with us in our garden. Um, and we get a lot of support from the Extension office. And we also get yeah. a lot of support from master gardeners in the area. They come and donate their time. Um, and then it's grown so much that we've had to hire another employee to, be so able to would help. He t- our other garden employee. How many tons? Um, of food But it's a did really, really good they partnership. They've already raised wow. a ton. At this point, it's over a ton, and so what they do is they partner with our nutrition staff to figure out what they're going to grow. So then they can harvest it, process okay. it. So you got to okay. either cut it or freeze it or um, use it. Um, so you've got to do all of that kind of stuff. To figure out, okay, how can he use it wow. in his menu up front for our residents? Um, so they it's a good and partnership what between our with nutrition staff and our garden staff. Uh they're they're right now figuring out how to store it. Now we do have yeah. a huge walk-in freezer, so that helps, which was already yeah. in place because it's an old school. You have a big cooler, you have a big freezer. Um and so I think they harvested a bunch in the spring and so they've kind of adjusted mm-hmm. what different types of plants are doing for fall and winter harvesting um but we do have somebody that makes sure like she cuts and rinses off and blanches wow. and does all the preparation to be able to store and freeze it so that, that he, we can use it in our cafeteria yeah and it's helped the cost yeah. of food has gone down but fresh i mean fresh
0: like good vegetables and, yeah yeah yeah
1: fresh literally
0: yeah a couple and hundred that, yards uh, you're taking it the from there to there. Thing is, if you're in middle georgia what just happened
1: you made a heart because um, you went um, like that um
0: <laughs> if you're in middle georgia and you'd like to volunteer like i mean do you take volunteers do you need help uh, to- mm-hmm.
1: we do yeah, we get volunteers get all the time. We have volunteers take pretty much every day of the week.
0: Figure out how to plug um, we, in. Can...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we get people that do that all the time. Hey, I used to teach at this school. My kids went to this school. I live in the neighborhood and been driving by. What do y'all do? And then yeah. we kind of show people and we get a lot of people that get plugged in that way. Um, we get a lot of help from Mercer students. They come and volunteer. Wow. Almost every day we have a Mercer student who is helping us. Um, in some capacity, whether it's sorting through donations, cleaning up, um, right. serving meals, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, so it can vary day to day on what kind of task you'll be doing. But we do use volunteers um, So two questions. We do use number volunteers one, every day. you know
0: of any other city that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And number two, is it a repeatable mm-hmm. model? So say one of our mm-hmm. friends in Oklahoma listens to this. Gotcha. And she decides oh my gosh
2: Mm
1: -hmm. three
0: miles down the road there's a freaking school building just sitting there
1: yeah
0: um do you know of others that are doing it and Mm -hmm. is it repeatable
1: i don't know of anybody personally that's doing it we've had some other um like united way partners come to tour our facility to kind of see what we're doing because there's thinking about doing something similar, but I don't know anybody who's currently doing that. And it's 100% repeatable. You could do this across America, across the world. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I would love to do this. I would love to travel to a place and say, Okay, logistically, what do you, what are what are your first kind of steps? The things that you have to have in place already, and then look six months, a year, two years, five years. You know, what does that look like? And really and truly, learn from our mistakes. Learn from the things we did. Yeah. I would say do it when there are no yeah. people in the building. It would be infinitely <laughs> easier. Um, we're trying to play catch up because there's people already living there, so there is limitations on what yeah. you can do when you can have contractors out and that kind of stuff. Um, like if they have to cut off the water for eight hours that's easy to do when Mm -hmm. nobody's living there it's hard to do when you've got people living in a space Um, but it's definitely repeatable um over and over again this Mm -hmm. could be done to house people that are transitioning Mm -hmm. because you're not trying to have people live there permanently um you're trying to give them a Mm -hmm. space to get in order is really what i encourage
0: you in that to dream and pursue (laughs) that especially if Knowing now, which is new information to me, that you're actually an employee of the United Way. United Way is a nationwide um, mm-hmm. nonprofit. Um,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. You would
0: be incredible um, with your skill set and and just who you are and how you are. Um, I want to encourage you in that to dream into that, pray into that, think into that, have conversations about that because. Um, that's that's what I got mm-hmm. home. When I so when I got back to mom and mm-hmm. pop's house, I was a butt, like I was lit up, you know, and and I'm like and, and I told mom, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is repeatable. The thing that excites me the most, yes, the ministries going on, yes, mm-hmm. all of the things. But you mm-hmm. know, traveling a lot, driving a lot, being all over the country a lot. You're right. Mm-hmm. Every, almost every city, mm-hmm. if not your city, then, then the town two doors town, yes. has, a, has a school building. The one right there. next to it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would encourage mm-hmm. you into that. Um, thank you for taking the time to walk us through that. Um, and like I say, if you're in middle Georgia, go yeah. to the Brookdale Community Center, Resource Center. I'm guilty of still calling it resource the resource Center.
1: center.
0: <laughs> so, um. The Warming war Center. You little, and everybody you else. <laughs> before he is the man with the plan. Mm-hmm. So you're engaged. And we have, it's a I good am, thing because the room camera, room. the <laughs> light, the, the lamp, the light, the glare, be like, ah. Um, uh-huh. So we have a wedding coming up.
1: Oh, gosh. When is it? when is we it? We do. Very soon. Less than 100 days. Year's um, Year's Eve. <laughs> this, uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> so, can we talk through... Yes, we're um, having a big party. That's the plan.
0: The, the, your ask, what you ask of me.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, so... <sighs> For a lot, for people that don't know us, um, because Ben is a minister, um, usually people ask him to perform the wedding, to, you know, officiate. That's the right word, officiate the wedding. Um, But I knew, even before Drew had proposed, um, I didn't want you to officiate. I was like, I want Ben on my side. Like, I want him to be in the wedding on my side. Um, And so when I called you and asked you that, and you were like uh that's not something i've ever done before <laughs> yeah i'm like and wait, your only stipulation
0: was you didn't have to wear a dress man,
1: and you're like,
0: <laughs> well i mean i hadn't thought about it but yeah <laughs> i just want like, you to stand on my yeah, side I guess I'm like, with the right. ladies and you're all yeah yeah and i'm my brain's going and you're <laughs> like but you yeah. won't be the only man yes. you won't be the only man uh
1: yeah and, i'd have this exact same conversation with steven my one of my brothers like literally he was like wait what do you mean and i said so you're not going to be on drew's side if you're going to be on my side and he paused and was like yes yeah yes. so this like, is oh, gonna oh, be okay okay i can do that
0: <laughs> um where are you getting married mm-hmm
1: I'm getting married at the Capitol Theater, which is a really, yeah. really cool event view, venue downtown. Um, and it's a music place. I think Drew and I's second date was at the Capitol Theater for some random, yeah. but she was actually phenomenal artist. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, and I think it was on like a random night, like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no means I really, really liked him. <laughs> I was going out on a school night. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> <Past> my bedtime. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like our second date was there. We've yeah. been to tons of concerts. We saw Drew yeah. and Ellie at the Capitol Theater, like standing on the floor. Um, so we we have really good memories with that place. Um We want to play music, have our friends play music, have it's a big party. So, so we're cute. really really excited about. So, it. yes, that's that's what we we were like. We're not barn people. But um, I don't know people who anybody that's listening that's not from the South. Um, barns or barn weddings are a very big thing. Getting married in a barn venue, um, and that's just not us. Um, but to get married on a stage, to be able to play instruments together, to play with our friends, to play with our family, yeah. have a good time like that's yeah, yeah, very much be, us. That's what we want to do. So
0: cool! And New Year's Eve at mm-hmm. that. Um, in in the Capitol Theater. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing going back to our shtick on the simplified deal about authentic Mm -hmm. community, the amount of gifted musicians that are gonna Mm -hmm. be in the room. Mm -hmm. And and so to outfit this stage we just Yeah, oh yeah. And people can go people can go up and just play tons Um, of instruments. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be so much yeah, fun. Yeah, grab man. and so and um, The other thing that I think is cool about that is your chef mm-hmm. from the Brookdale Resource Center is your caterer for your wedding.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my, um, like when you talk about community, when you talk about um, surrounding yourself with people, you know, I've always done yeah. that in a – religious sense because of being in churches growing up in churches um but i i choose to do that also in in a working environment too um so the like one of the ladies that i work with is going to direct the wedding um that's what she does also on the side and so she's like yes i would love to do that um as a gift she's gonna do it which is a huge 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 blessing um but we have so many people in our lives pitching in helping out um to make this day like a really really cool day yeah, that we're yeah. Like, okay that was, that be was a awesome time. Like, that was be a, good. a good time <laughs> yeah
0: and that uh that's such a good word too because yes. you know people think this idea of of community specifically ministry and you know to minister is to serve right that's all it means mm-hmm. minister a a minister is a servant yes um, that's all it is. And yeah. so each of us, all of us, no matter if we're Servant, doing yeah. church work or if we're serving people who are experiencing homelessness or if we're driving a UPS truck, um, if we are serving, uh, that mm-hmm. is, as as believers, as Christians, uh, mm-hmm. that's ministry. And um, that's yeah. a theme that I think is kind of coming out of these mm-hmm. shows, these podcast episodes is wherever you are whoever you are wherever you are whatever you're doing you've got an opportunity to Mm -hmm. serve people to love people well Mm -hmm. um to serve people and so that's such a that's a good word uh no matter where you are your whole life you've built those relationships
1: Yeah. Um, yeah i feel like it's i don't know how people operate not doing that um, because right. Brookdale isn't a religious organization. We're I think one of the only places in town that isn't in some way wow. connected to a church or a ministry or something religious. Um, but for me right. personally, the work that I do is a hundred percent informed by my faith and by my beliefs. Um, so even though Brookdale isn't religious. Um, and that's not the the work that we're doing is in no way like you have to go to church or you have to be connected with this sure. because for some people people don't want to talk about it. Religion is a barrier. Church is a barrier. The church hurts people a lot. um a lot of people that are coming in have experienced that before, having to go somewhere and in a lot of ways, you've got to jump through some kind of religious hoops to be able to get services to be able to do whatever um and Brookdale doesn't do that, but for me personally, the work that I yeah. do. It's fully, fully because of what I believe. Um, I wouldn't be doing it without that. That means it's not hard, (laughs) but um, you just got to see the bigger picture at hand. Like to know that, you know, people know what I believe, the people that I work with. And so if there is a situation where like, you do need somebody to pray for you, or you do, I'm open Mm -hmm. to do that. That doesn't mean, like I've had experiences at work where that has come up. It's not something that I'm, saying hey this is what you got to do or anything like that because that's just not what we do
2: yeah. um
1: but god is still in it he's in that work um and we are there to serve people that's really and truly what it is about yeah. and so it is ministering yeah. Or every, most of the every folks sense that of the you word. work with christian it really and truly is mm-hmm. wow i would say you're probably doing like half and half Um. I think a lot of well, you have people that are either believers in some type of way or at least have had some upbringing in the church so you have some knowledge some things that you can kind of yeah. access but then you also have people that just have a heart to serve yeah um and we get a lot of that and it's still very much needed you just need people that are willing to say yeah. hey Maybe that's not my reasoning for serving yeah, or for helping, yeah, cool, but I'm still available awesome. for that. Which okay, is really, so really every cool.
0: episode, except for Gabe's, because I forgot, every episode, I, I did, I completely forgot. Every episode, I <laughs> end with a question, and it's, um, you know, the, the name of the podcast is the Keep It Simple podcast. And so, mm-hmm. Charity Lucas, how do you keep things
2: simple? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. How do I keep things simple? Um, I think my way of keeping things simple is truly pouring into the things that I think are important. Um, I think when we did the previous podcast, I said, I'm not simple in a minimalist type way like yourself is. <laughs> you know, like I don't own seven pants, seven shirts, seven pairs yeah. of underwear, seven pairs of socks. Like that's just, that's not who I am. But for me, certain things have priority in my life. And those are things that are gonna mm-hmm. get my energy first and foremost above anything else. And so they're non-negotiables. Now other stuff can happen and kind of fall, in, fall into place. But for me, keeping it simple means mm-hmm. deciding what your priorities are and then really pouring into mm-hmm. those priorities. It's being able to say no to mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping things simple, you have to say no a lot um but that means you get to say Amen. yes to some Amen. really really good and stuff you know what we always over say over no
0: is a complete sentence you can put a period you can put a period after the O. Oh, no full a, a full sentence.
1: complete <laughs> yes oh, yeah
0: okay Celu, thank yeah. you i know it's past yeah. your it doesn't need it's a qualifier my bedtime uh, mm-hmm. thank thank you um for I making even, time for us I know what time uh, it is. thank you uh, so much for just who you are for how you are mm-hmm. uh, i love you and uh and i'm thankful for you and uh, we'll talk to you soon
1: i love you